What's going on? Everybody, you've got the cardboard coach here with your boy, Coach Co. And we have a very special guest on the podcast here today. We've got Candice Martino from Candice Martino TV. How are you doing today? I'm so excited to be here. I know it's been something that we've been trying to connect with over some time. So I appreciate reaching out this past week. Why are you lying for? You excited to be here? Yeah, I'm not lying. I'm being I'm just, honest. I'm, just, I'm ready just, to go. I'm just busting balls. <laughs> I'm just busting balls. Um, for those of you who don't know who you are, do you want to give a little brief description as to what you are, what you're all about? Candice Martino TV sounds serious. It's good. Yes. Uh, I spent five plus years as a weekend sportscaster, local television for CBS affiliates, bounced back and forth. I left because of low pay. Uh, I was making about $14 an hour with a master's degree, wanted to stay in sports to some degree while bringing my creative and my broadcast side into another niche. And I happened to find myself in sports cards. So that's kind of where it's at. I'm going to stay true to who I am and what I was, and that's being a sports reporter. So Candace Martino TV is what you're going to get. You're going to get interviews. You're going to get, you know, insightful information and breaking news. So I'm bringing the whole broadcast world into the hobby and trying to do something that's never been done before. I like that. You know, that never been done before is definitely something that's enticing. Um, you know what what brought you into the sports space why why did you choose sports yeah you know i i'm a former college basketball player both division 1 and division 2 um it's it's a way of life you know it's it's something i never saw myself separate from and in a sense it's my identity so when you build a professional career off of it it's hard to see yourself outside of it right yeah. um it is my connection yeah. to the game the athletes that I recovered that I was covering prior is was my connection again to the field, to the sideline, to the locker rooms. Um, so it, it again, it's it's a way of life and it's it's what I see myself doing for longevity. B ball is life. Yes, ball is always life. I see you um, teasing the handle sometimes, <laughs> and I'm like, this girl can ball, you know? Like that's like uh <laughs> that's like a whole sect of your contact. You're like, yeah, no, no go one it's, on one uh, with me. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love basketball. I, I don't play as much as what I would like to, uh, just for a f the fear of getting hurt. I tore yeah. my ACL a couple years yeah. ago. So I am very touch and go with playing pickup, especially with non former college athletes. No, you know, no disrespect to anybody else, but I'm just not willing to go through a 12 month rehab from somebody hitting into my knee that can't control their body. So I pass on that unless it's professional or, you know, prior college athletes in a league. There's like a prerequisite to like to, to play with you. Yeah, there, there has to be. You know, I did the, I did the rehab once. I'm just not going to do it again. It was 10 to 15 months and it was oh, miserable. Yeah. I cannot imagine working towards that and not having an end goal of getting back on the court. So we're going to leave it at that. Just just like <laughs> being able to walk again, you know? Yeah. I, I was non-weight bearing for 12 weeks, which was just, it, yeah, miserable is the only word I can use to describe that. 
So pre prerequisites, it is. Yes, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't blame you, honestly. Um, uh, you said that it kind of ties you to, I mean, in in so many words, you said it was your identity, right? So it's it's been awesome to watch you develop in the space. Um, I think, I mean, ironically enough, you and I first started talking because of a piece of content that I made about someone who employed you, who shall not be named, by the way. Um, and I think that I, I definitely found that you were genuine. Number one, you were willing to have an actual conversation. And that, that was one of the things where like, you know, if anyone knows me, I mean, I say what I say, but I'm also like, I'm willing to have a conversation about it. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not just like out throwing shade. Like I want to talk about this because at the end of the day, a lot of the things that I talk about, I think we can improve upon. And like, I scrutinized all the damn time and that's cool. And I deserve it. You know, there's a lot of things that I maybe, you know, misread or mishear or miss, miss say, and, and, and that's fine. But I think that no one should be immune to criticism, especially if it's like part of their business model. And so I don't know where I want to go with this. Let's talk a little bit about past employment as a whole. Okay. okay. So do you want to talk a little bit about some of the things that you were doing in the space prior yeah. to where you are right now? Yeah. So I jumped in mid-February of this okay. past year. So 2023 entered a role as a social media specialist. Now, for some who might not know my background, I went viral last fall for a post related to sports broadcast. Uh, 2,000 followers, over 222,000. I've lost some at the time, which is okay. I'm redefining my brand right in the sports hobby. So I jumped over to the position as a sports or social media specialist to help grow this said company um, who was also considered a startup year two, year three at the time. And it was a little disruptive, you know, a little chaos disorganization, which is as expected normal yeah. being in a startup yeah. and rightfully so um, given my background, my professionalism, my competitiveness, I hate doing things that I don't feel like I'm progressing. And unfortunately in my previous position, it was one step forward, 15 steps back for 15. whatever reason, 50. I'll that's even say, 50. I'll even say 50 back. at this that's point. That's not even like uh, one and two. That's like, <laughs> no, we're going to say like across 50. the street afterwards, you know, like, yeah, it's like, it's like way, way back uh, around the world and back, but it was out of my control. And I felt very limited what I could bring to the table uh, with my skill set. Right. It was a lot of hoops, a lot of hurdles like that hoops, I had to though. get through. And I, you know, yeah, I like to ball, but not that type of ball, right? Like it's like crossover, we're going past and we're doing a layup. And unfortunately, that crossover was not crossovering. Uh, so there's a lot of blockage, right? And it was frustrating. And I didn't feel the momentum in my position. I also didn't feel the momentum in the company. Uh, it, it led to an unfortunate layoff, which kind of like, you know, came out of nowhere, got a call on a Wednesday, which it's no meeting Wednesdays in this company. And I was a part of, at the time, I was told one of 20. Um, I did make a post on social media immediately after because here I am, new salary. I relocated to Tampa, Florida from South Carolina. You know, 
I'm paying for bills. I'm paying this lifestyle now that you're offered a small severance. So I'm said, I said, Hey, you know, I'm going to post on social media. I felt like I made some good connections, right? Like here we are a couple months later, we met in Toronto, yep. not in Toronto in, in at, Vegas. Uh, Vegas. Yeah. At the mint. Um, and I had a lot of outreach and unfortunately one of those outreach happened to come from that company. I almost me, got you the day of for a juicy you almost got me. And <laughs> I was, I'm not going to say I was mad that the layoff happened because in a sense, they did me a huge favor. Yeah. I don't yeah. even think I've scratched the surface of my potential in the hobby. And I'm not saying that to, you know, puff my chest or whatever the the saying wants to be. Um, I just think I can bring an element to it that's never been brought before. However, they reached out in a sense, kind of threatened me to take it down or my severance would be, um, you know, I guess discontinued. I'm, I'm so sorry. here I am. Here I am like, okay, well, I need the money. This came out of nowhere. I'm only three months in, so I had to take it down. Um, it's unfortunate. I, I don't know the direction where they're going. I don't think it's up. And the opposite of that is down. So that's kind of where I can leave you guys with that. Ooh. So I'm curious. Why do you think the direction is down? You know, I'm probably going to provide an answer that's not going to give you what I want to say, um, just because it's it's probably the right thing to do, right? Uh, I think there's a lot of just chaos. As I mentioned early, you have a lot of people who are trying to be something in a startup, and it creates a lot of confusion. You're trying to also have them extend their outreach of what they're not good at, and it makes you mediocre at everything. Um, you have to find what you're good at, stick to it. And that's why they bring you in as social media specialists, because you know what you're doing. You don't need somebody who is a card expert or said something else, you know, working on the app to come back and give you feedback. Hey, this isn't a good edit, or this isn't a good video. You're essentially not, you know, you don't have the credentials to, to critique that. So yeah. that was my frustration. Um, but, you know, they brought in some members from previous companies that are some big names in the hobby, um, from my understanding, and who ate up a huge salary. So it's almost like they kicked a lot of us to the curb. And I want to put this out there. I am not, you know, for crazy like women's rights and, you know, I'm going to march the streets. And I'm cool just being one of the boys in the sports hobby. Like that's just who Candace is. But from my research... Most who've gotten laid off and replaced have been women. Um, and, and that puts a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, that puts a bad taste in mine. And I already didn't have yes. a fantastic taste in my mouth about this company. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, to me, that's that's a little bit. And, and you know, you're going to pride yourself on being the most diverse company, um, you know, in Silicon Valley. And you put up all these articles on a LinkedIn page. And that's just not the truth. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, to me, I, I I just don't have respect for that. I don't either. I Another thing, you know, it's so funny you mentioned when like companies start like bringing in oversight to, to especially from like at the content creation perspective, right? Like, right. I, I don't know if they understand metrics, you know, I don't think they understand you know, the purpose of some content is, is not they viral. Not. Everyone, everyone wants to go viral, but they don't understand that like you have to build brand, right? Like, and so much Correct. of building brand is like, it's not going to be something that's highly shareable 
all the damn time, right? Like it's like a, it's a mainstay on your page that people can come to and be like, wow, I really took something from this. And like, it's, it's about building that credibility and building that level of, of, uh, I guess like mutual respect, like it, it's just so funny that everyone wants virality, right? Like the, that's like, because I mean, I, I speak to a lot of companies too, right? And right. there's a lot of times where I feel like companies have unrealistic expectations on like what you are going to make happen in what period of time, right? Like it's not about going viral. Like maybe one post goes viral, but the, in fact, you you really don't want that virality. You want people who are sticking to your brand. They're coming to you for, Whatever, whatever the case is, or like, you know, market updates or news or, I mean, sure. maybe that viral post puts you on, on the map for a period of time, but it's unsustainable. And like, truthfully, it's kind of, it's, it's like boring and annoying, you know, like, it's like, you know, right away when someone's trying to go viral. <laughs> I, with would, post. I would agree with that. Uh, and, and coming from somebody that went viral, I mean, again, 2000 followers over 222,000 in probably less than three weeks. I mean, it was insane what happened i didn't ask for it i but didn't that's, anticipate that's part of it, it though. And, that's what i'm trying to say to you right is like it's not and it's almost it's right it can't be planned for you can't, you can't sense, want like i, I want to go viral i want to go viral i want to go viral cannot. right that's no there's really no formula for going viral it's just what the audience likes at the time if it's shareable if they you know it makes them feel some type of way and in a sense, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Like it is a blessing that I have the platform that I do, but it's also a curse because here I am and I feel every single day obligated to post. Now, yeah. when I went viral six, seven, eight months ago, that was in a different niche. And now I'm jumping into the card space, right? And yes, a lot of my followers previous are, you know, males who are into sports, right? That is like 98% of my audience, but as you and I both know, not all sports fans are collectors, Yeah. right? So like they might not take to my new hobby content as well as what the actual niche is going to. So I'm going through rebranding myself. It is a lot of question marks, a lot of homework. Um, it, it makes me feel all kinds of different emotions. Like, can I do it? Am I providing the content that they want? Um, but you're right. You know, it's, it's just not something that you can really plan for. No, um, like you, but you, can, you, you can, you can change be ready. Things. You can and be like, ready for and, but it. But you can also like, you know, fix, you work on hooks, you work on delivery, action, tonality, exactly. right? Like there's a lot of things yes. you can improve on to make your content better and more consumable in general. Yes. But to go in with every piece of content be like, this, this is going to go viral or hopefully this goes viral. Like you're just yeah. not going to get very far and you're going to lose steam real quick. Right. And they, yeah. I guess they think that you know, if they pay for a piece of content or they pay for, you know, you to create content that like, yes, you know, you're going to, there's like X, Y, Z deliverables in terms of like metrics that they're going right. to get. Right. And that stuff is like, it's, you're, it's, you're just, you're losing the plot. You don't understand. Right. It's not always the case. And here's another thing. Virality doesn't equal followers, yes. right? So just because somebody goes viral, like how many times have you and I seen a viral video liked it and went to their page or maybe never have and never liked, never followed the person. Right. So like that doesn't always equal followers. However, if you have, you know, relatable content or if you have, you know, your branded content on the page, it might. So you have to position yourself to be ready for that. Um, and at the time I was in my niche, right? Like yeah. they would come to my page and it was me in the studio posting pictures of me out in the field doing interviews. 
but now it's different. So they're coming back to my page and they're like, wait, I followed this girl because she was, you know, dancing with heels, playing with the basketball in a studio, but now she's talking about sports cards. Um, but you know, it also gives me the opportunity and platform to introduce the hobby to way more people now that yeah. might have not ever considered it. So again, that's kind of my my mentality headed into here. Um, you know, I am a collector. Some people are in this space, maybe just to make money or to create videos or, and that's fine. Everybody has their own angle. Um, but I'm somebody that can't fake my way through it. So if I'm going to be in this, I'm going to be digging through the cards, you know, setting them off to get graded, trying to sell on whatnot, doing all the things that collectors do. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with my content and, you know, hopefully people see that and, my previous followers can be like, Hey, you know what? This is kind of cool. And, and introduce them to a, to a new side of sports. I have a question for you. So yes, you're essentially trying to do what fanatics is trying to do, right? You're trying to, you're trying to, cause fanatics has essentially sure. the fan, right? They have, they yeah. already have the fan. And as you said, not every fan collects, Right. They might they want right. to own they might want to own a basketball jersey or a baseball hat, but not necessarily buy sports cards, right? Or right. consume sports card related content. And so, and not to interject, but no, no, that's kind of where I was prior to three months ago before I yeah. got into the hobby. Yeah. I yeah. never thought of collectibles being an actual industry, right? Yeah. Like I have a yeah. degree in sport management in communications. I'm a division one, you know, former college basketball player. And I never thought, Hey, like there is actually a whole nother side of sports. Um, and you're right. It's almost what fanatics wants to do. Right. So how do you plan on bridging that gap? And like, I've had this conversation a few times with people. Like, I think that we need to have more people bridging the gap, whether it's it, people bridging the gap of people who enjoy sports and, you know, consumable, sports card and collectible content like how what is your game plan to build the gap or to bridge the gap storytelling um i am a storyteller by heart i know that's the new trend word everyone oh storytelling job storytelling we all want to tell stories but my background is a journalist i know yeah, how to yeah. tell a story in 10 seconds i can tell a story in 20 minutes whatever that asks of me. Um, and that's going to be my angle headed into national, right? Like people, I'm going to start sharing those stories of, you know, why somebody collects this player, or it doesn't even have to be a card. Maybe it's a photo, maybe it's a shoe. I think the hobby is lacking that. Um, and maybe fanatics brings that. I don't know. Um, but I can promise you nobody's going to go as hard as I can with finding those stories. My old saying when I worked in news was everybody on the roster has a story. And that is going to go the same with the hobby. Every person in the hobby, every card, every collectible has a story of how the person got it, you know, the background of the card, um, you know, if it was passed down, things like that. So that's kind of, that's, that's my angle. Um, and, and just kind of a quick little thing here too, I also want to connect um, pediatric cancer to it. And this is something that it's going to be a long-term project that I've been sitting down the last week. I want to do, you know, kids and cards, cancer and cards type of deal. Uh, I was affected by it by my nephew. He got diagnosed with osteo uh, osteosarcoma. 
Um, him and I have been diving into cards and it's brought him happiness. And if I can use my platform to merge the worlds and bring those other kids who are going through chemo and are sick and might not get the news that they want, um, that's something that this industry can bring. So that's kind of a long-term project with Candace Martino TV. Um, you know, my hope is when I sell like on whatnot and get involved in the community, all those proceeds are going back to, you know, cards and cancer to pediatric cancer. Um, and, and that's just, if I can leave that small little impact in the hobby and, you know, change lives like that, you know, I'm doing something right. I want to thank you for sharing that. That's like, yeah, of incredible impactful, you know, and it's important to have like a vision outside of like just notoriety and six, what does success look like to you? You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, I, it gets old really quickly. if like, you're just in it for clout, right? Like, and I think that, that I don't, I don't course, need it. No. I, and like, I'm I not saying, it cause I of my, it, no, <laughs> I'm not saying it cause of my fault. Like, I don't care. It's I'm just kidding. It's almost, I have to remind myself every day, like Candace post, you know, people are actually genuinely interested in what you're doing. I never had this vision of, Hey, like, go viral on social or build this social meeting following. It, it just came to me. And sometimes when that happens, you know, it's, you, you just do it for the right things. Um, and, and that's, that's why I'm here to stay. I, I love sports. I love storytelling. And if I can connect all my passions together, then, you know, I, I'm going to leave it a better place than what I found it. That's, that's the goal. Always, man. Every conversation, Always. every room that you're in, every person you talk to love that. Talk to me about your collecting journey now. So you said, yes. you know, even a few months back, had no idea <laughs> what the hell was going on in this space, right? So you've it's you've had the stuff from, from the from ground zero. Um, what are some of the things that you've learned already? Like, what are some of the things that you thought before that you're like, okay, fuck that, like that doesn't work. Okay, so prior to getting in the space, I have watched a ton of videos, and it's like you know, this $20,000 lot deal went down or I just picked up a $50,000 card. So as a rookie in the hobby, my mind was like, holy shit. Like, I don't know if I can say that on here, but holy I mean, shit. I literally just said, fuck, I, we're good. Like, I do not have the the funds to purchase that card. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, there's just no way. I missed the boom. Like, I cannot get anything out of this. I'm not going to get a card I ever wanted. So that was very misleading. And, you know, when I first got into it, even being a creator, I'm like, well, all I see are flipping videos or deals. And like, that's just not me. And I tried to make a video like that. And I, I'm not going to fake it. That wasn't me. And that's not like, the I route. Feel awful here. You're so I like, said, like, yeah. I, I'm, you're not going to see me making deals. That's just not who I am um, on camera, at least, you know, um, but then I go to Target, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to retail stores and just buy up a bunch of junk that I had no business probably doing. Uh, you probably saw the post with Monopoly, uh, yeah. which went like semi-viral on Twitter. I had a good time doing that. Uh, learned my lesson though, right? So like me and some family members, we bought up like 93 boxes, ran to every Target, probably in South Florida, ripped a bunch to only find out like we broke even or, you know, we lost money. It was yeah, fun. I mean, breaking even is like, it's... It, yeah. might, it might equate to like dollar for dollar, but then you yeah. have to actually sell it. Was, yes, you know like I mean? uploading like, it on eBay, taking the pictures. It was so timing to me. I said, I will never do this again, ever. Learn my lesson. Um, 
And then, you know, I start doing my research and that's, that's one of the biggest things, research, watching other YouTube videos, going on the internet, chat GPT. I'm a big AI person. Um, I'm actually doing a project right now with uh, a new app called Artiste AI, which you can generate your own image from. They're based out of Hong Kong. So I'm doing some marketing with them, but you know, that was just a little side plug. Little plug. Um, so I... I did my research and I found out like, you know, there's different ways where you can start collecting and that's going to the card shops and not necessarily buying $600 hobby boxes. You can spend time searching through bins and hope to find, you know, a card in somewhat decent shape. Um, So that's kind of where you'll find me. I always make jokes on my social media page now because I feel like a lot of people overlook it or they don't want to put in the hours you know, spending five hours searching through a bin and maybe coming up with like two good cards. Uh, I like that. I mean, I just, I pride myself on, on hard work and hustle, but also I'm learning so much physically touching those cards and going through them and seeing the different makes and the names. And there's no better way to learn than actually getting your hands on it that way and kind of getting in the trenches and down and dirty. So that's where you'll find me in the dollar, in the dollar bins. Um, but a quick little story again, relating, relating back to my nephew, he was getting treatment in New York. Um, you know, an Upper East Side, they walked past a home where this older gentleman was throwing out a bunch of cards and he stopped and he said, Hey, you know, these could be worth a lot of money or she don't want to keep them. The guy said, take them. You know, my dad passed. I don't have time looking through them. So he brings them home and it was my dad, my mom, my nephew and myself on a Friday night, like a month or two ago, digging through a ton of cards, players that maybe I didn't know about. He certainly didn't know about being 15, 16, 17 years old, but my parents, even, you know, my mother knew about, right. So just hearing my dad or my mom's, you know, bring them back to their memory of their, you know, being a kid and, and collecting the cards and, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh. So pulling out the Pittsburgh cards, Pittsburgh Steelers, it was, it was a big deal. And that's a memory I will never forget. And that is why, you know, I'm not, I don't care to be in it for the money. It's, it's fun. And that's a story, right? Like that goes back to my core of Candace Martino. That's the story of generations sitting and looking through cards. Doesn't matter if they were worth a hundred thousand or a penny, you know, the story was there and those memories will go with you forever. I couldn't agree more. It's funny. I got into like collecting sports cards from my like my mom actually gave me her sports cards that she collected in like the 90s like she literally yeah. just like Isn't that handed, incredible? handed me like a massive book you know like she's just like here you go now i mean the culture that we've kind of like created it's like how much are these worth you know and like yeah. i guess everyone kind of wants to know what things are worth and it turns out they're not worth very much but i mean i hold them quite dear dear to me some of yeah the, exactly like, you know it's just it, the fact that she put so much time and energy into this for you know a period of her life is uh is is pretty fascinating uh it's funny you talk about going through dollar bins and like priding yourself on like hard work and like doing the ugly stuff and uh, i think that's why you and i kind of i mean we bounce well off each other i am i'm on the same page i'm all about when it comes to like i get my kicks from buying a card for like a dollar that's like actually like six bucks and like there's not much it's not like literally like a $5 difference. People are like, why the hell are you wasting your time? Like, I just, I like being in there. I like yeah. finding opportunities. And oftentimes like I'll find guys that are players in general that, you know, maybe have an opportunity on a team, but no one's really seen them. Like I love the diamond in the rough kind of yeah. like 
yeah. the underdog I, story is my agree. jam. You know what I mean? I would and, agree. And in in short as well, like, you know, with Messi to Miami, right? Like I'm in Tampa right now. It's a huge buzz. The MLS is on the rise. Now I'm starting to look through those bins and finding soccer players that, you know, I have, I had no business prior even knowing their names. So yeah, I'm yeah. learning. I mean, just repeatedly seeing these names and you're learning, you're flipping on the back of the card and you're reading like, Truly, I'm getting so much value out of almost essentially a valueless box, right? Yeah. Like a um, box that people so, otherwise just like throw yeah, to the side just, and like whatever it does, it does. You know what I mean? Whatever. Now, yeah. you know, I, I'm I'm not going to front. There is a side where I'm sourcing, right? Because I am going to sell and whatnot. And again, the plan to that is to give back to you know, cards and cancer. Mm -hmm. um, so like, you're going to see me sourcing. You're going to see me getting on whatnot, building my page. But that's in my hopes that, you know, my platform will provide it to give to somebody else now, right? To bring them the same joy and happiness that it provides for us. Are we sponsored um, by Whatnot? No, no. no. I, uh, I'm i not sponsored by Whatnot. Do we, we want to be sponsored uh, by Whatnot? It could be a plug, you know, maybe, maybe Whatnot. Get me on the channel. I just set up my account. So <laughs> I think I have like 27 <laughs> followers. Um, but Talk to me. Why, why oh, Whatnot? Yeah. Why is it like, why is that it like? It seems a... like it's the industry leading platform, right? For like live selling. Um, I don't know if I'm late to the party. I feel like it had its boom in like 2020, 2021. Yeah, but live, um, live just, selling is here to stay, period. So it's just a matter yeah, of like kind of where, right? Yeah, it's super easy. And I've bought a few times, you know, on whatnot the last week or two. And it's just so easy to swipe and bid. Um, now, from a seller's perspective, I don't know the process, right? Like, as far as printing labels and the percentage they take out, but I know it's probably easier than eBay. Like doing the monopoly you're not, cards you're not a big on eBay. eBay. Fan? <laughs> no, no. And, and here's why. Okay, like sidebar. I'm a huge sneakerhead. You'll probably see me at the shows with like a ton of Jordans. I, mean, I see behind you, and I want to ask you about those. Yeah, afterwards. like you yeah. got. Yeah, I got Jordan stuff, shoes everywhere. Um. So I sold on eBay for a while, especially during COVID. And it was to the point where I was running to the Nike stores, the outlets, certified refurbs, getting these Jordans, flipping them back and forth, back and forth. Now I lived seven minutes from the outlet at that point. So it was like every day I was getting the new shipments in, uploading them on so you know, on eBay. And because I was doing it in such abundance and selling a lot, eBay kept pulling down my posts. So it's like really? I would come back and my store would have zero items listed. Super bizarre. I would like reach out to them and they'd get back to me and say, well, you know, it's fraud. And I said, it is not fraud. I will provide you the receipts from Nike that these are legitimate. So I think that kind of, you know, pushed me away from the platform and I'm open to using a new, newer version, right? Which would essentially be whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, I don't know. I eBay for me is like, especially when it comes to sports cards, I don't think there's ever going to be, I mean, I don't know about ever, but there's the, there are more people on eBay searching up cards than probably anywhere else, right? So yeah. just the, the sheer volume of sports cards that they do on a regular basis. Like I sell stuff on eBay that I would not be able to sell anywhere else. I would like agree. At any point, like a lot of the stuff that I list on eBay is stuff that is probably just going to sit in my closet. And the only difference is like, now it's passively sitting online for someone yes. to either offer on or like eventually buy. Or I'm like, oh, yeah, wow, I, I can't believe that sold. I would agree with you know? that. Um, but and I guess like when, of... when it comes to like liquidity, like it depends on like what what the, the play is for what you have, right? If it's something that you want liquidity for quickly, I mean, a live selling 
is the yeah. way to go, right? Yeah. I think essentially too, uh, my vision is, and, and as a creator, and you probably know this as well too, you can never be married to a platform, right? No, because no. like, you know, threads just popped up, right? And now you got Elon rebranding Twitter to X. And it's like, you cannot be married because at any second, another platform can pop up. So with that, my my kind of vision with the live selling, and I have this little device over here that I can stream on multiple platforms at once. So not only will I be on, you know, whatnot, but essentially when I'm able to scale up, you're going to see me live on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all at the same time, to extend that reach. Um, so again, I'm not married to a certain platform. If one better pops up, then great. But uh, I, I, I feel you with eBay, with the reach. Uh, but there's also some shady stuff. Like, you know, being in the sneaker industry and being on Discord, people know how to rig like the views, right? And get on those bots and like, I used to bot for sneakers. I know it's super frowned upon, but taught myself how to do it. And you get on these discords, these cook groups. I don't know if there's like card cook groups, but yeah, yeah there definitely is for all the drops, man. It's hard yeah. to get product these days. Exactly. So yeah. I used to do that with sneakers and I have a bot that could do it with essentially anything I want. They're very expensive to run. Like I will tell you, I spent an ungodly amount at the height of the pandemic on this bot and you got to buy proxies, IP address, like all this stuff. But, you know, then there's like always people are just a little sleazy. It's like, okay, well just type into the eBay bot, you know, your link and then times a hundred. And next thing you know, your view will have, your, your post will have a thousand views. So when someone goes searches it, your, your shoe or your card or whatever will pop up at the top. Um, so there's always a way around it, but I, there's shady shit everywhere. There's you just shady shit everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. especially in like unregulated just... markets. You know what I yes. mean? Like this is, I don't know. It's kind of yeah. like what you sign up for. And as long as like, I mean, your business practices are genuine. Yeah. Like that's all we can Here, really. Here's a question I have for you. Go for it. Do you think crypto will make its way into the sports card market? Like I know the older generations, like, Hey, cold, hard cash. Like, you know, they're even a little like, eh, PayPal, okay. Cash app. But do you see crypto in an app? Maybe like, Hey, send me crypto in return for cards. I mean, I'm sure it's already happened. I'm sure like yeah. at the height of crypto, I'm sure there was a lot of people trading crypto for sports cards. What I'm most interested in is the blockchain for cards. Yes. And for, because I think that we can track like the lineage of things. I mean, I, I've spoken extensively to a company that's working on authenticating through the blockchain. And so there's a lot of things coming up where you know you question the authenticity of a patch or whether the, the player actually wore it or whether that's actually that person's autograph like some of Messi's autographs that are floating around there's like a fable that one of his uh uncles or someone in his immediate family signed cards for him and none of that would be in question if it was authenticated directly through the blockchain right like it's and it's like as simple as a QR code at the back of a card or on yeah. a slab or something of that nature, right? So I think that the the hobby has a, a long way to go. I think just in accepting change in general. Yeah, um, I, I think that there is, it's just very interesting that the people who have been in it for quite some time are just, they, they seem to be very resistant to change. Even if it could result in, in, in positive, I, oftentimes it re does result in positives, right? Um, but it's just like, as money starts to come in, yeah, you know they want to accept the fact that like their stuff is worth more, 
yeah. but they also don't want to accept all the stuff that comes with that. And like, you can't have yeah. one without the other, right? Like your cards so are I, up exponentially because all these other people join the market supply and, and, and right. you know what I mean? And so you can't have like nothing change because if nothing changed, then your cards would still be worth the same amount. Right. So yeah. there needs to. So I had a, a little experience with that in, yeah. in Dallas. Um, I don't know the older gentleman's name, but you know, I'm sitting doing, do my work, looking through the bins. Are you about to call uh, someone out by name? No, I would never do that. I would never do that. But, you know, if the person's name's like, you know, Sam, like there's a million times in the world. But, you know, he's he's sitting there. He's he's at he's a vendor. um, And, you know, a couple kids come up to him. Hey, what would you take for this card? I'm doing trade up challenge or whatever the case may be. Like, are you buying? And I could just hear him in the, you know, in the back of the room saying, are, do you guys even collect? You know, it's not all about trading up. It's not all about making money. You guys are treating this as a stock market. And then the kids would just like completely deflate their energy and walk out of the room because it's almost in a sense like demoralizing, right? Like you're getting scolded by somebody from an older generation. And, you know, I'm thinking, I'm like, he does have a point, but also like everybody is able to do what they want. And then because yeah, of yeah. those kids coming in there and they're learning to flip and they're moving the market, like that is why it's going to continue to grow. Right. And, you know, when I was a kid, I was not making business deals at eight years old. Yeah, I think that's yeah. incredible that they're doing that. And it's going to take them further, whether they stay in cards or they go off into finance, they're going to be super successful. And it's a huge teaching tool for everybody. Um, but just, you know, seeing that resistance to change, but here he was as a vendor trying to sell. So what different is if, you know, they're selling quickly and you're selling slowly. And also, I mean, you have no idea when he acquired something. I mean, he could have very yeah. acquired, he could have acquired something at that show for right at, and- at a discount and then put it directly into his showcase. And now all of a sudden you're technically flipping too, just not announcing yeah. it. Right. So they're like, just- so many different avenues and angles that you can take in the hobby. And, and that's why it's, it's so incredible, right? Like your perspective is different from mine and vice versa with, with everyone. Um, and that's why it's, it's a special place and it will continue to grow because it's inclusive to really anybody. Um, and, and that's kind of why I'm still here, you know, three months later, First off, it's it's not easy kind of being one of the only few females in the room, right? Like I'm used to my sports broadcast background, being in these rooms with male dominated, pretty comfortable. You know, I'm an athlete, I get it. But when you step into, you know, the hobby, sometimes it's not as inviting. And uh, I was fortunate enough, our local card show here, Bay Area Card Show, man, I met some great people and they're probably the reason why I'm still in it. You know, like, hey, it's, you know, we'll teach you or let's like give you some advice. And they became friends. And the point, like we're meeting up every week talking and, and getting lunch together and trying to build our own local show. But all it took was just one really good experience in a local show, right? And yeah. and here I am headed to the national with, you know, X amount of other people and, uh, and ready to have a, a good time with it. It's awesome. You talked about stories. I mean, you've given us a lot of stories. Give me one story that you think has prepared you for what you're, you've gone through in the last eight months. One story. Um, I would probably say this. So the reason why I started on social and I kind of stuck up for myself. So I didn't get a job that I really wanted. Um, it was a Pittsburgh TV station. I'm from Pittsburgh. Would have been the first female weekend sports anchor you know, I, I'm a pretty defined athlete from that area would have been a huge homecoming for me. Flew me up, wine me down, you know, wine and dine me, uh, didn't get it. 
and I kind of had a chip on my shoulder, right? Like, I'm like, I'm going to show them like they made a horrible decision. Uh, and I ended up going to social media, not because I wanted to go viral because I just wanted to get a job, a better job than Pittsburgh, um, ended up going viral. And, and here I am in an opportunity now that I never would think, right? So six months ago was, you know, I'm going to go to ESPN. I'm going to do the traditional local TV, regional ESPN. But now like this has prepared me because of the digital age that we're in. I mean, look at us. You and I are having a great conversation via the computer. Yeah. Where 10 years ago, like sure, that might've been a thought, but not really like this is the norm. Um, and, and social media has taught me that. There is not just one way to go and follow your dreams and and you can, you know, blaze your own path. And, and as long as you're working towards something, like you will get there. It doesn't, one person's trajectory isn't the same as yours. And that moment kind of taught me, like, you do not have to follow what, you know, maybe Erin Andrews did, right? Like she worked for a team. Yeah. You worked for a network. She went to ESPN, things like that. Like you can still get there. Um, just stay true to yourself. Right. And like, don't get pushed around. You know, like my job at first a couple months ago, they did not want me posting, you know, not the one in the space, but in my broadcast and to the point where they either told me I would quit posting or I got fired. Right. So I said, screw you guys. You know, like I'm aware of change that's happening. I'm yeah. adapting to it. And I walked out. Um, so that's that's my advice. And and that's the story that kind of uh, got me started in the, the digital media realm. I love it. What uh, have you followed up on who, who actually got the job? For that Pittsburgh station? Yeah, I did. Um, do you, she do does a like, really good. Yeah, yeah, she does a good yeah. job. I still, I still watch. You know, uh, my parents will still text me here and there and just say, "Hey, you know, I watched." And you know, they miss me being on local television. But again, the pay was not good, so it's. I was so focused on you know if that one you know that one person just saw me that could get me to ESPN. So like it working. wasn't even like that wasn't even the goal that was just like a, like it, a stepping it wasn't stone. no it was just a stepping stone yeah, to yeah. get to the final destination um and and here i am my whole world just was like flipped right and i got into cards and i see so much potential for everybody that's trying to create like and now you have fanatics coming into this space with the connections and the athletes like the opportunities are endless for everybody from breakers to collectors to creators like they're just keep going because something good will come out of it. If that's truly what you want. I agree 100%, man. And this is coming yeah. from someone who, you know, for like 10 years yeah. almost was working in person and was like, I don't, I was working at a gym and I was a trainer and it's all I really knew. Yeah. And at one point I probably something that the, the biggest fear I had was losing my job. Cause I was like, what am I going to do if I lose my job? That's, and that's what that, happened to me. That came you know? to reality when COVID happened. And I was like, all right, well, this you got to fucking pivot. You got to figure it out. You have to, you know, all of a sudden I'm like talking, talking to my phone, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm making 30 second videos on my phone. Your videos like, are great. Like, like just... I can't believe I became this person. Like, I honestly, yeah. if you were like going to go back and, and talk to me three, four years ago and be like, hey, this is this is how you become like this is this is your trajectory. You'd be like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't the even use Instagram. The person who pivots the most will always win, you know, and you, you know, it's the same thing with basketball, right? Like how many times does the game just go back and forth, back and forth? If you're the quickest, you know, the quickest, or you can think fast and you make the right decisions, like you will succeed. Um, and that's kind of what the digital era teaches us, you know, like, look how much it's exploded the hobby. I've only been in for three months and it's just like, you know, massive growth. 
Has it been crazy seeing... just seeing all these announcements like from fanatics on like a weekly Always. basis? Always. You know, like, I'm just like, that... I'm trying to get my like my bear- yeah, my yeah, bearings yeah, yeah. right with all this because um, I don't know the history of it as well. So like sometimes when there's announcement made, I don't know the power of it. Um, but, you know, I do know. I mean, that's obviously. honest. That's yeah. honest. Yeah. And I mean, it's I'm a fresh not... perspective, right? Because I feel like so many people in the space pretend that like, like they know everything. And I think that's, yeah. again, no, it's all issues, it's bullshit. Like, like yeah. one of my things that I always say is like, believe none of what you hear and half of what you see. So, you know, I might be sitting there and someone has something to say, like, I just take it with a grain of salt, yeah. you know, and, and whether they're in the hobby for a long time or not, like some people just don't know everything and that's fine. You but know? Also, if just, you're going to get those people who yeah. don't have, have no association with the hobby whatsoever, yeah. you can't yeah. treat them like the, the, the fact that they don't know anything is like, yeah. A deterrent you're like i yeah. can't talk to you because you don't know anything about the hobby yeah. right like it's yeah. like oh you don't know any of the history i'm like yeah. okay but that's why i'm in front of you that's why i'm having this conversation right, right? like that's why yeah. in, right in so, a sense my whole storytelling with my brand it's like i'm learning yeah. as i ask these yeah. people these yeah. stories so they're telling me histories of you know the 1952 mickey mantle card and like why this photo or wh- whatever's so special and i'm i'm learning while i'm sharing the stories with the hobby to entertain and to educate so it's a recipe that uh, I'm excited for. I think it's going to be super successful and I'm I'm excited to show what I have to the hobby and, and be a part of it. I'm, I'm happy to have such a positive voice in the space. <laughs> Candice, where can everyone find you if they wanted to contact you about sponsorships, about anything sports related? Maybe just yeah. want to talk to you. It- it's uh, my social media is at Candice Martino TV, some social media platforms. It's at Candice Martino. Um, yeah. Message me. I go through it all myself. I don't have anybody that I work with. You know, I'm a solo creator, so I will get back to you. I do respond to emails, anything. And I love, I love the conversations because without the community, I do not have the platform and the community comes first um, before the camera, before the editing, before you know, all, all the clout, social media clout, it's it's the community first. Amazing. I want to thank you once again for jumping on the podcast. And uh, I am looking forward to, you know, chatting it up in the national. I appreciate it. Safe travels and I will see you there. See you there. Take care.